Welcome, Sarah, to Limitless Women. I'm really happy that you took the time. You're very welcome. I mean, yeah, it's not like I've got a whole lot going on in my, you know, big lockdown schedule or anything like that, but <laughs> it's amazing how the day gets filled just on its own. So, Well, I'm really happy that you are here in the podcast and you can share with us a little bit more of your story because you have florist shop and it's so gorgeous. It's really unique and it's called Sweet Peas. And I would love you to tell us a little bit more what inspired you to open your shop and especially what is keeping your purpose right now because now we know that the future is a little bit unsure but would love to hear from you yeah so i mean sweet peas kind of started i don't know how to describe it other than the fact that it was kind of a fluke the truth of the matter is is i was trying to open a yoga and wellness studio and the building that i was trying to purchase at the time it was just delayed for a variety of reasons and when I was able to sublet a small space on Ronsi, it was just better suited to a flower shop, which was also part of my business plan. The building that I was looking at had a small little shop inside. I thought that a flower shop would be a nice addition to a yoga studio. Little did I know that once the shop actually opened, it would take off the way it would. And next thing you know, we're here 10 years later and the yoga studio is long since gone. And now I'm all sweepies. So there you go. We all want to start life with a certain thing and our path involves like lots of changes and we end up doing sometimes like something else that we didn't even imagine. But I mean, I guess that your shop brings you so much life to you. It does. I think the interesting part is, is that when you talk about going off what your original plan was, I went to school for interior design and marketing. I did not plan to do this in any way. The interesting part is, is that I'm actually not a florist. I can't make a bouquet. I don't know how to make arrangements. I just have a good mind for business and I'm doing a great job with this. So I love it. But like you said, I think the thing that I'm missing right now, more than anything else, is just that life, the life of the shop, the people, the sounds, the music, the plants, the flowers, the cats. There's this constant hum going on in our shop all the time. We're very busy. We have 12 people working there. So you can imagine what it's like to have that wow. energy all the time. Just And I mean, they're just such a good group of people. I mean, yeah, I guess it's just, I don't want to say that I took it for granted because I certainly love being at the shop and I love being around everybody. But now once it's all kind of taken away from you, you're just having those moments of like, wouldn't it be great if I could just yell at them about their music choice one more time? Like I would even put up with their terrible singing <laughs> and their horrible <laughs> jokes and and all that kind of stuff, just to have an hour, two hours, just of your old life back, just for a little bit. I was there at the shop the other day, just picking up mail and making sure that the shop was, you know, safe and secure and all that kind of stuff. And it was so quiet and it was almost eerie. And I just kind of wandered around. It really had that apocalyptic feel to it. And I just, I'm just so eager to fill it again and have the people back and have the flowers and that life back. And I think we're all kind of there at this point. We've all been doing this for about a month and we're all facing at least a couple more months of it. And we're just, everyone keeps telling us this is the new normal and I don't want this to be my new normal. <laughs> exactly. I can imagine even though that having florist shop, I love flowers. I love like the colors and they bring us so much joy. Like it's just like a particular feeling that having like a living plant next to you, it's just something particular and unique. How are your feelings like right now about not having the life of living plants? 
surrounding I, you every single day? It's been interesting. So I opened the shop in 2010. And since 2010, you know how normally people in the winter, they get that winter blah feeling. They just down and they don't quite know what to do with themselves. Yeah. And they're just desperate for that life they're talking about. Because the shop opened and it was just surrounded you all the time, I never had that loss. I never had that feeling. And now I do. And it feels so bizarre. I remember I was walking down the street. I went to go grab groceries the other day and someone had clearly received flowers and were taking photos of them on their front porch. And I just was looking at them and thinking like, I just, I miss that. Like I miss having that. I miss seeing flowers and having them and touching them and and just being part of that lifestyle again. And a big part of what we do is we, that joy that you're talking about, it's our job to provide that to people. I always tell people when it comes to creating flower arrangements, what we're trying to do is create the sentiments of the people who've ordered them. You're really trying to, when we receive an order, for example, at the shop, yes, they might've ordered certain colors or certain style or whatever, but we always look to the card message that they've wanted to include, because I think that gives you an insight into what people are trying to say to somebody. And so that really points us in the right direction as well of what we're going to create for them, what we select for them, and the type of feeling we want to create. And I love that. It's just, it's missing. It's that ability to express is not there right now. And it's really hard. In my own case, I live alone, (laughs) despite the fact that I've got cats all over the house. I was thinking about it on the weekend, and I have not touched another human since the beginning of March you don't even realize how much that small interaction is. I mean, when you look at primates and you look at how they react with each other, whether it's, you know, that touch, their grooming or an embrace or whatever, we still have that all ingrained in ourselves. And when it's taken away, you do feel that. You start to really long for a physical connection of one way or another. That's been a really hard moment here. So... But there isn't much we can do. The only thing we're doing right now is the thing that we can do, which is wait. <laughs> so. Exactly. We all know what we are facing all around the world. And despite that, what are the unique challenges that your business is going through? The floral industry right now is in kind of this weird, there's almost a standoff. There's florists that have opened and are continuing to function. And there's florists who are closed and saying it's not safe. I'm on the side that we can't safely produce flower arrangements in a way where they can be delivered. Unlike groceries, unlike a retail product, you can't sanitize a flower arrangement. You can't clean the tissue paper. You can't can't wash down the flowers. You can't wash the vases. And then just also the process of us creating them. Again, it's not the same thing as, you know, if someone's selling books online, they can take the books off the shelf, throw it in a box, and it's done. Whereas with us, when we make something we're creating with our hands we have tools we have supplies we packaging we handwrite our cards there's just so many things that we touch and we're involved with and then on top of it you can't just send it out in the mail or with a courier it does have to go with a specific type of driver and in a nutshell we just can't be sure that what we're doing is safe so the hard part is, is right now as a business owner is watching other florists who are working, who are able to pay their bills and keep people on staff, sitting there thinking, I'm doing the responsible thing, even though it is financially extremely difficult. I did go to my staff. I speak to them. Well, I don't speak to them. I text them regularly just to check in with them. And every time a new development comes into the industry, 
I always go to them and say like, what do you guys want to do here? Do you want to reopen? Do you feel safe coming to work? And there's always been a resounding, no, we don't feel that it's time yet. Until the government is saying to us that we're safe, they're not leaving their homes and I can't force them. As an employer, I can't make somebody come into an environment that they don't feel comfortable in. So I just have to sit back and wait. And I think that's a really difficult thing to do right now. Just as a simple thing is I'm working everything I possibly can. I've looked at every government program, every loan opportunity. I just got declined for my business interruption insurance this morning, which was a bit of a blow. I knew that it was going to happen, but just to actually have that finality to that avenue, that's closed now. I think there's just that feeling of helplessness as a business owner. There's just, I'm so used to hustling. I'm so used to pushing. I'm so used to building and making this as great as it can possibly be. And here instead, I'm sitting on my couch and just thinking like, what can I possibly do to make this better? And I just can't. And that's, that's a stifling blow for someone like myself. I have not been out of work since I was 12 years old. So here I am at 41 and just sitting on my hands. It's the hardest thing I think I've done in my life this way. It is a really hard time, especially when it took us by surprise to absolutely everyone. It was changes from one day to another day or from Friday to Monday. It's totally difficult for business owner to close and shut down, stay back to your own dream, right? And something that you were like hustling and something that it was bringing you so much joy. But as a designer, have you been working on your creativity, many other ideas? Yeah, I mean... One of the projects that I've been trying to do for almost four years now is I want to create this like ultimate wedding website for brides to come to as a resource. I think that a lot of florists tend to create almost like a portfolio kind of concept with their stuff. My background being in marketing, graph design, web design, I feel like I have a bit of an advantage that way. What we're actually doing, and I spend about two to three hours a day and I'm very disciplined about it. I have you know, I work out from this time to this time, and then I have my lunch, and then I work on the website from basically one o'clock to three o'clock every day. It doesn't seem like much, but two hours of just dedicated. But what we're trying to do is create something so that you have an online quote calculator, so you can actually budget out your own wedding in your own way, in your own time. So you're not trying to figure out what you can afford and what you can't. It, it really gives you good options where we have three or four different price levels for individual pieces quantities, all that kind of stuff. We're creating an entire glossary so that people understand what a pew marker is versus what a cocktail arrangement would be versus, you know, what options are for flower girls depending on their age. I know this seems like somewhat trivial, but this is the kind of thing that brides just, it's almost overwhelming in so many ways. So I want to provide as much information as I can. And after doing this for a decade, I feel like I've become a good resource for them. So I want to make sure that that's available through the internet. And I think that will really bring people to us in a whole new way. Rather than come to us for aesthetics, they come to us for advice and for support and for ideas and budgeting. And it's, it's that more practical, logical side of things when it comes to wedding planning. So I'm really, I truly believe that we'll be in here until probably August. And that gives me about two, three months to get this all bundled up and ready to release so that when we do reopen, I can come forward and say, look, this is what I spent the last, you know, four months. A couple of months. That's great because probably if, if you would be working on regular schedule, this project that you have been on hold since four years ago, 
you wouldn't be able to launch it on August, for example. Yeah, for us, the shop has changed so much in the last few years. I mean, as you know, we moved locations back in 2018, and that was a huge shift for us. We went from 800 square feet with kind of a moldy basement and a weird, long, poorly shaped shop and all that kind of stuff. And now we're in this beautiful century Edwardian home and there's so much natural light and there's just such a beautiful feeling inside the space. We have that guard space and now we have over 2,000 square feet to work in. And we really feel like, I think that's the hardest part right now is 2018 was such a stress. It was was moving into the shop. It was getting ourselves established. It was getting a great team together. And 2019 was just a continuation of that. We started to sort of roll with it. And I had some obstacles along the way in 2019 that took some changes to make personally. And it was just one of those things where 2020 came along. I was like, this is our year. Like I have this incredible team. I have admin support like I hadn't had before. I had florists that were talented and eager and And so looking forward to all the things that we're going to do. And then what happens is literally two months into it, just stopped dead in tracks and lock the door and walk away. And it was just, you had all this process or progress and this huge momentum and it just came to a screeching halt for us. It's just, again, I'm trying to find ways that when we reopen, we can come out of the gate as strong as possible. I really want to make sure that when we are reopened, that there's something beautiful and exciting for people to find there. I don't know. It's just been a really, there's this love-hate kind of relationship with it of, I desperately needed a break. I was burnt out and tired. I needed a moment to relax and to take for myself. At the same time, I didn't need four months of it. <laughs> so you're kind of having that really hard time of thinking, you're almost mourning. But at the same time, you're trying to continue forward and keep pushing. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes. At the end, you have a project that you're working on because what you're building right now for your website, it's going to bring a unique experience for brides. Even new ideas that they didn't even think about. So I think it's an awesome idea. I cannot wait to see it myself. And I love the unique space that you have. Tell us a little bit more of how you created that unique shop that feels magical, how it looks, how it shines. It's just beautiful. So the shop itself, I always wanted to make it feel like you were walking into a fairy tale. So for people who haven't seen the shop, our front door, it's, it's like the original door to the house. It's got all this beautiful leaded glass and When the light comes in it in the afternoon, it literally shines rainbows all mm -hmm. over. We have a crystal chandelier that I've had since the shop opened. The entire ceiling is covered in branches and lighting and all this kind of stuff that just looks like it sparkles. But at the same time, there's a lot of drama in it. We tried to paint the walls almost black throughout, but the whole idea was that it just allowed all the colors just to just pop right off of that black. And it's, it's a stark change from a lot of other shops you see that are just pure white and brightly lit. If anything, my florists are always complaining that it's a little too dark. So it was things like, okay, well, how can we lighten this up without it looking like we lit it up? So it was finding unique lamps and including those in a way where it, it was part of the aesthetic. So we've got I filled the shop with artwork. There's a real mix of industrial and really elegant pieces, but also there's that vintage element as well. And it's just kind of, it's this weird hodgepodge that all kind of works together. But then again, Agreed. when you walk around the front, and I'm sure you've seen it, 
we're really lucky in the fact that we have this gorgeous corner lot, great big beautiful trees. We've got that backyard space and then the fence that goes along the entire front. A friend of mine, he recommended a couple of graffiti artists to come through and they just made this incredible mural for us where we got to select certain elements that we wanted to include and other times we just sort of let them say like, you guys do your thing. And so we made sure that we had peacock feathers in there as a homage to the High Park Zoo. We have, of course, all of our favorite flowers that we prefer. So we've got ranunculus and roses and peonies on the fence. And my favorite color is blue. So they made sure that the whole fence background is all this bright, beautiful blue. And I find that when you're going up and down Ronsi, it really just, it's this punch of color. And I love the fact that I see so many people taking photos in front of it, whether it's with their kids, their dogs. We've actually had people where they pull up in limos and (laughs) they're doing their wedding photos in front of our shop. (laughs) <laughs> which laugh because they're not holding our flowers, but I don't care because I'm so happy that they found this really great space. The same energy goes through into the Christmas season. So we sell on average 700 to 800 Christmas trees a year out of the backyard. And uh, it's just become somewhat of a tradition in the neighborhood. So we really make sure that it's got that Christmas spirit to it as well. So you get that beautiful sort of holiday energy pumping through in a completely different way, you know? So I really try and make it so that the shop has, like I said, that fairy tale feeling. And it took a long time to fine tune it to the point it is. And even then, like we're constantly changing it. Even just small stuff like having, we have the cats at the store. And it's interesting because the cats are now at my house, which was crazy. But the last few days before we closed, I brought the cats to my house and the staff, the cats alone made it more of a family-like atmosphere for us and they're like our little kids. So it's just incredible for us when we get to share that with people. And there is an energy that is constantly flowing in the fact that when you walk in, not only is the space beautiful, but there's literally a cooler that is, you know, 12 feet by 10 feet that is completely compacted with flowers all the time. And you can just walk in and it's got that smell and the freshness. And there's just, you're surrounded by all this beauty all the time. So I love being there. Can you tell? Like, I just love that feeling in that shop. And it's taken us so long to get there. So I don't want to lose it. I wish everyone could be able to look at your face right now when you are talking about your shop. You completely change your face. This is awesome. You were mentioning the other day to me that flower industry will suffer challenges. When I was like listening to you, I was like, oh, I didn't think about this. So can you share a little bit more of what type of challenges we'll bring in the future when everything will get back to normality? Yeah, it's been an interesting shift even in the last couple of days since we spoke. We're watching and one of the largest tulip growers in the Netherlands, so I mean Holland is infamous for their, their flower production. One farm alone said that they're, they are literally destroying about one billion stems a month. So they are throwing out everything they got. The thing that's unusual about the flower industry is you can't stop you can't put it on hold so here's these flower producers that have to continue because the crops have their own the times where they hibernate and there's dormant periods and stuff so they have to continue to produce flowers even though there's nowhere for it to go an article i read this morning basically said that canada is one of the few countries in the world that's still doing flowers toronto and calgary was specifically mentioned as one of the few prone or cities that is still buying on a fairly large scale. What a lot of people don't realize as well is that the flowers that come as an import, 
So all the roses and the hydrangea and everything that you see in Canada, that's all imported. It comes in from Colombia and Ecuador. It all goes into the Miami airport and then comes up to us in trucks. The problem that we're having is that all the flowers actually come in on commercial flights. So whereas the passengers are all sitting up top, what they don't realize is that the majority of the cargo underneath is actually flowers. So if there's no flights, if the flight industry, if the travel industry is significantly reduced, there is not the ability to bring the flowers over like we used to. The flower industry works off an auction base, so it's all based off of supply and demand. So if there's less flowers coming over, then the cost goes up significantly. So we as florists now have to plan and design differently. It's the same thing that we went through when there was fires down in California and BC and all that kind of stuff. It was the places where we get our greens. So things like eucalyptus all comes from California and all our winter greens are coming out from BC and BC had forest fires all last year, or sorry, two years ago. We had issues with hurricanes that stopped the flow of our flowers. So we are an industry that's really dependent on mm-hmm. climate and climate change and environment. So you'll watch the flower industry shift and change its designs based off of availability, based off of uh, cost. And then on top of it, when we look at Ontario, for example, a good indication here is that when marijuana became legal in Canada, a lot of people don't realize that Ontario is one of the largest cut flower growers in North America. And a lot of the greenhouses realized that they could make more money in the weed business than they could in flower. So a lot of businesses switched over and we've lost a great deal of our flower production that way. Now what we're finding and the articles that I'm reading is that the government is really pushing the greenhouses to move over to creating food production. So there is the opportunity there that, or there is the chance that our food production needs to be self-contained within our country. We can, there's, what they're preparing for is the idea that we may not be able to import our produce the way we were before. So they're already planning by going to growers and asking them to stop production of things that we don't need to produce things we do need. So that, of course, will affect us as well. So it's been a really interesting industry to be part of right now because there's a lot of things that people don't necessarily take into factors like no one would have thought that someone who's been producing calla lilies for the last 20 years would suddenly being asked to grow tomatoes instead and that's what's the new reality that we're facing it's been a very strange few months that's one of the other reasons why i'm interested to see what happens when we reopen because the business that i have known and loved for the last decade and it's taken me 10 years to really learn how to buy for it and how to predict our sales and how to understand what I need in terms of labor at certain times of the year and all that kind of stuff that's all going to change and in some ways it's scary but in other ways if you're someone like me I'm looking forward to the challenge I'm looking forward to seeing what is new and how I have to adapt and just the simplicity of where will I get my stuff from? What quality will it be? Will I be able to maintain the standards that I had before? Or am I going to have to adjust again? It's a very interesting time. And I'm sure that applies to a lot of different industries, but this is the one I know. Absolutely. It's really interesting that you are open to new challenges, open to be more creative than you are, keep sweet peas alive. It's incredible that you have the ability to be flexible 
What are then the disciplines or systems or routines are you doing to keep yourself alive and still have that spirit that you have of strong woman? The interesting part for me is I've always been very athletic. I've always put a lot of faith into fitness. I think one of the interesting parts, like I mentioned, is that my focus originally was to do a yoga and wellness type studio. So mm -hmm. personally, I've worked from home before. I was a freelance graphic designer for a number of years. I know the routine. I know you have to still wake up at the same time. You still have to have a proper breakfast. You still have to get dressed. You still have to have a shower, which I did just before we got onto this call, like I said, just to feel fresh and rejuvenated every day. Mm -hmm. For me, I like the fact that I have a certain amount of structure Monday to Friday because I've been doing CrossFit and our CrossFit classes are still continuing at 9.30 every morning. So 9.30, I get to see a lot of the same faces I saw in my you know, life life. So we still get to interact a bit. So I work out that way. I still am doing yoga. I row three to five kilometers a day. I have a rowing machine at the house. I'm doing yoga. I also have been very fortunate in the fact that I've got strength training equipment here. So I've got a weight bench. I've got barbells. I've got dumbbells. So I'm back into my strength training again. So I find that that takes me almost all the way through to that one o'clock time period. So basically from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., I do some sort of form of a activity, whether it's CrossFit, yoga, strength training, what have you. I then stop. I have you know some breakfast. I have something to eat. I make sure that I always watch the prime minister's address at 11 o'clock every morning, just again to keep on top of what's going on. I find that that's probably the most useful piece of information I can get every day. It kind of leads you to the other news stories you should be following. And then I work solid until six o'clock at night. At six o'clock, I shut down and that's my time. That's the time where I can finally watch some television. I have some dinner. I sit on the couch. So I've made sure that I have a schedule Monday to Friday. And then on Saturdays, I miss brunch. I miss brunch. <laughs> I'm like, that was part of my thing is that on Saturdays, I would have wedding consults in the mornings, and then I would go for brunch and then go to yoga. So what I'm trying to do is that instead, Saturday mornings are spent cleaning and kind of making things nice and tidy. I actually got supplies to make my own brunch this weekend. So I'm really excited about my pancakes and omelets and stuff that I've got planned. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I think one of the other things that I think people might find interesting is that I've chosen this time to stop drinking. I, I was just a social drinker, nothing major or anything, but I'm officially, as of today, I'm 34 days sober. So whereas a lot of people are tending to drink their way through this. Personally, don't drink either. So we're on the same page. I'm just finding that if I'm coming through this, I want to come through it with a clean mind. And exactly. I don't, if anything, when I do drink, my habitions like everybody else will drop. And it also lets your, it lets that negativity in. You don't have, I don't want to say the same safeguards in, but you do. You learn how to protect yourself, both emotionally and mentally. And if you lose control of that, you can dive pretty deeply into depression, anxiety. And that's something mm -hmm. that even if you haven't suffered from it in the past, this is the time where I think it's hitting people in a way that they haven't experienced before. So I'm trying to make sure that, like I said, my activity exercise, my diet, everything is maintained at a really high level. Because when I come out of this, I really, and I said this to you before, is I want to come out a better person than I went in. And I think that there's so many opportunities for that with people. I Absolutely. think the things that I'm realizing right now is that we're all really realizing everyone's individual challenges, whether it's financial, whether it's mental, whether it's their family situation, like 
you really get a good sense of where everybody's at. I mean, a good example is my dad retired at the end of February. And then he had all these plans. He was going to travel. He was going to take salsa lessons. He was going to take cooking lessons. He was so excited to really start his life. And then that just came to a crashing halt. And so now he's trying to sort of make himself busy. But I mean, here he was, he'd worked his whole life. He's 68 years old, 69 years old. And uh, he's worked his whole life and he'd worked to be free. And now the next moment he hears, like literally weeks after this, he gets locked into the house and he can't leave. The flip side of it is I look at things like my mother who is handicapped. So when it comes to, like you mentioned, standing in line for the grocery store, that's not an option for her. So we're really looking at the fact of it's great that they have those senior hours available. The flip side of it, I've got my young, sorry, my middle sister. She's got a 15-month-old baby at home with her right now while her husband is still trying to work. And it just, I mean, she loves her son, obviously. I mean, obviously. That's a different kind of challenge. But I mean, to be literally a full-time, full-time mother and have no breaks and no, I don't want to say adult interaction, but that's what it is, is that Mm -hmm. she'd love to talk to somebody who could talk and say words other than bubble and car. Yeah, totally. I'm just sort of, even when you watch the news and stuff and you see different people in different life situations who are asking for help or who are offering help, Mm -hmm. I think that we as a society will get a better grasp of how everybody has their own individual challenges and hopefully are a little more understanding and a little more patient going forward because of it. I really, I have this huge hope that as a society, we come out of this better people. Well, I love the fact that people are being more sensitive and that they are taking more time to themselves. And I am with you 100% to stick with a routine that helps us to overcome this situation. If we wouldn't have a routine, it's easier to lose ourselves, wake up super late in the morning, not have a purpose or watch news, movies all day long and keep eating, not exercising. One month with these bad habits, crazy. Do you have any favorite quotes on this time? I actually, it's a song lyric, but the song lyric is turning brick walls into doors. And it's just that concept of everything is an opportunity if you look at it a certain way. And I believe this so much that I actually have that tattooed on me. I'm, I know you guys can't see, but I'm literally covered in tattoos. <laughs> so there's a little bit of everything. But yeah, that concept of turning brick walls into doors, I think that's something that a lot of people just need to look at and understand that just because something is thrown up in front of you doesn't mean that's the end. It just means mm-hmm. it's way of looking at it. Love it. By last, if you have any chance or the power right now to ask for help on your specific situation for your business, what would be the asking for? I think the the big thing I have to ask is that people be patient. When it comes to small business right now, it's so easy to go and I don't want to say junk ship, but you're seeing people and they're ordering online or they're getting their groceries online or they're going to the big box stores or anything like that. A lot of the small business owners, we're still here and we're still trying to fight for what we produce. So for example, when I'm doing my grocery shopping, I try and purchase as much on Roncesvalles as I can. So I go to the local produce place. The Sobeys I go to is this tiny little one that actually it used to be a Royal Bank of all things. But I really think that promoting and supporting the small businesses is so important right now. That said, I know that there's a lot of businesses out there that are trying to start GoFundMe accounts for themselves. I've chosen not to. I think that there's much more worthy causes. I will survive. I will find a way to do this. I Trust me, I'm not somebody who ever just lays down and lets something happen to me. I will push forward. Me personally, I think that the food banks need our help more than anybody else. I think that that's going to be a growing need 
across the country. And then on top of that, I'm a big proponent of the Toronto Humane Society. So if you're going to donate, please don't donate to a small business that way or to myself that way. I'd prefer that those to people who truly need it. So you are awesome. It's incredible. Thank you for that. How can people reach you out when everything like comes to reality? Can you just talk about like your business so they can go on your website, social media, and now we'll put it aside the notes. Yeah. So our website is sweetpeas.ca. So it's very simple. We have shut down the site with the exception of gift cards. So if you are inclined, please buy gift cards. We will reward you with beautiful flowers once we reopen. And then you can also find us on social media. So we're sweetpeas.to on both Facebook and on Instagram. I always warn people I'm very outspoken on Instagram. So, you know, expect some rants from time to time about what it's like to be a doing this. But at the same time, of course, we have lots of pictures of our flowers and of our cats, which have been running around and literally chasing each other this week trying to talk to you. But we do try and make sure that there's beautiful things for people to look at all the time. Awesome. Please come and visit. Thanks for being an inspiration today and to share on these hard times. And so glad to meet such a strong woman like you and Hazler. Thank you so much. This was a really unique opportunity and, and it definitely is not something that I expected to be doing on a Friday afternoon. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you.